everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My guests for this week are Ben and Crystal Woods. Ben and Crystal Woods are launching a program called The Brave Way Home. Uh, Ben and Crystal Woods have been uh, teaching pastors, college-age ministry pastors, and uh, missionaries. Ben and Crystal have a um, very uh, tremendous testimony to share and through their strength and their bravery they sat down with me and my wife and discussed their life and their ministry and how they've ended up here today they share their testimony about their family um, about their marriage and about the life that they are in right now and the path that has been set before them. I just want to express my deepest gratitude to Ben and Crystal for coming onto the platform and having the strength and the courage to share something so deep and uh, faith-shaking It is a reality that most people don't endure, and they themselves have been walking through this day by day. Uh, I want to let you know ahead of time before we enter this episode, um, they have suffered a loss in the family, and this was something that the community of southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky, were keeping up with very closely. Um, oddly enough, this event was actually something that led up to me meeting Ben and Crystal for the first time. My wife has known them uh, since college and beyond, but Ben and Crystal are walking a path that few people have and few people can bear. And with that being said, I want to personally say that to me they are beacons of courage and light and strength. And I was honored to have them on the show. I'm excited to get to the episode. I am excited for you guys to to hear and to learn about what Ben and Crystal are doing, about their pursuits, about their mission and their calling. Um, I would encourage you to support them however you can because they are, um, they're one of a kind and they're a blessing to be around, long story short. Before we do that though, thank you all again for your support. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for following along. Thank you for your engagement and your encouragement. If you enjoy the show and you feel that it blesses you and gives you uh, a different perspective on life or just inspires you or encourages you in some way, I would ask that um, you consider financially supporting the podcast. There are two donation pages. One is uh, patreon.com slash George Shadburn. 
And then the second is the podcast website, which is on the link in the bio of my social media, my Instagram. Um, There's a donation page on the podcast website as well. So with that being said, thank you so much for all of your encouragement and your support. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about Ben and Crystal. I really can't. But, man... For them to be as joyful and uh, just to brighten the room the way they do, they are significant. They are significant people, and the, the brevity of their testimony will, will move you deeply. So, thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This is Ben and Crystal Woods, and this is The Shadburn Show. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I'm very excited to finally be talking to you guys. We've had a talk a couple months ago, and we were talking about you guys coming on, but you guys have just stepped into a new chapter of your life, and that's what we were waiting for. We wanted you guys to be able to, to launch the next thing that you guys were doing and be able to talk about that. So, Ben, Crystal, thank you guys so much for coming on. I can't thank you all enough. If you could for me real quick, just for anybody that's listening, instead of watching, just introduce yourselves real quick and just uh, give a brief introduction of who you are for me. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you for letting us be here. So thank you yeah. uh, a ton just for uh, the the opportunity, the invitation. But my name is Ben, uh, and this is my wife, Crystal. Is it okay that I say that out loud? Then? Um, <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, but we... Uh, a little bit about us. We um, we met in college mm-hmm. um, back before the turn of the century in 1997. <laughs> the and, turn of the century. Yeah, we can say that now because uh, <laughs> right? we're we're 21 years into this gig, um, <laughs> and for how much longer it lasts, it oh seems my. like that's our window. So seriously, um, but we met at freshman orientation uh, in college, Aww. and. Um, and I'll, we can maybe tell more of that story here in a little bit, but this coming June, uh, we will celebrate. So in a matter of weeks, we will celebrate 20 years oh my of marriage. Wow. So, guys, yeah. yeah. I think I know the only piece I know is like when you saw her, you were like, wow, who yeah, is there? Was something? The, the, <laughs> whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember and she, she, uh, we were in freshman orientation. Okay. So, and we're in one of those classes where they're. Well, they're orienting you to right. something, you know? Yeah. And I remember I'm focused. I'm taking notes on what the the professor up front is kind of telling us is going to be important about being a freshman. And I hear this voice lean over from behind me. And it just says, 
hey, can I borrow a pencil? <laughs> and I turned around and it was her. And I was like, in my head thinking, you can have all of my pencils. <laughs> like whatever, like you can have like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just needed a pencil. <laughs> unprepared as most, yeah. as most of my life. Yep. So there you have it. <laughs> That's just that just goes to show what happens when you just ask a random guy for a pencil. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know changed know my life. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, you guys have spent most of your life in Southern Indiana. Am oh, I? Are you guessing? gonna let Crystal introduce yourself? Oh yeah, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. He, Hi, he, I'm I gave Crystal. a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of myself. He always forgets to introduce me too. By the way, hi. His <laughs> wife's also on this. You've podcast. been on this show for how long? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You're <a> staple. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, I'm Crystal. <laughs> like, what else do I have to say? Uh, we have three kids. We have Ezra, who is now 14. And we wow. have Kala, who is our center child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is nine. And then we have Lila, who is six now. Okay. Mm. Nice. nice. So, you guys have, since college, spent most of your life doing ministry, I'm guessing, and spent your time in southern Indiana. Um, have you guys been at other places of the world? Uh, um, yeah. So we, I mean, so we met, uh, at Bible college and Lincoln Christian. Now it's Lincoln Christian university. Uh, it was just college when we were there. Um, and so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we, uh, both of us, our, our degrees are in like pre-counseling, like family life ministry. Okay. And so, cool. uh, but in college, I started a rock band with my roommate and nice. um, and some buddies and uh, kind of, well, spent the next eight years uh, running around the country in a rock band. That was kind of our, our wow. first so cool. uh, step into vocational ministry in some form. Yeah. We were playing everything from bars, churches, clubs, coffee houses, anywhere where people gather. Wow. And so for us... Um, Music is a big piece of our lives. That that became a big piece of uh, what ministry was going to look like for us. Mm. But um, so Crystal came with you. In yeah. That? Oh, Thankfully, wait, yeah. Were you guys married at this point? So the so for the first two and a half years, we were full time college students. Okay. Um, and so it wasn't until after graduation um, from college the next five and a half years, it became our full-time job. Okay. And so she was with us most of the time. We got married um, right after graduation. So, okay. um, yeah, then I just traveled with them. I like, did their merch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so supportive. You, no, but you, you I, loved, I loved that time. And we've just mm-hmm. always had that philosophy of ministry that we're just better together. We go together. Mm-hmm. We serve together. Yep. We do things together because that's just how... That's just how our marriage has worked. We're a team. Did you yeah. think that originally when you guys first got together? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think I've so. been, I'm still convincing her. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you go through. I, yeah. I think yeah. like, like okay. as, especially as you're learning different, you di- you have different gifts, you have different passions, mm-hmm. you have different means by which you express those. And, you know, like, and for whatever it's worth for us, like, I, I am just, I am thoroughly convinced that I am at my best when she's at my side. Yeah. And so when we were on the road, um, there, you know, the, her presence um, was like glue for 
for our dudes, like mm. the guys. Um, I mean, there's a motherly way about, about Crystal. Yeah. And there were some times where she couldn't travel with us. And I remember some of the guys like, well, what, what do we do? What, what, what? You know, it's like, guys, we're a rock band. Like, we're going to go melt some faces. That's what we're going to do, you know. But it's like when Crystal couldn't come with us, it's like, uh, uh, we, it, it occurred to us all of the things that she would do um, that made our ministry function mm. at its best yeah. that we then needed to step into those roles. Cause it was, she will say like, Oh, I just sold their t-shirts. Like yeah. good heavens. She designed it. She stocked it. She, <laughs> yeah. she presented it, yeah. but she also fielded a lot of, a lot of ministry moments with a lot of ladies, with a lot of gals oh, in ways cool. that we weren't equipped to have those conversations yeah. or, in wisdom, we're going to have those conversations. And so her presence on the road with us was, I'm going to say, essential. Well, it, was oh, a, no. it was a good period of time to kind of learn that everything can be ministry when you have an intentionality behind it. And yeah, so for we were sure. traveling and like whether or not I was just, you know, sitting behind a booth and just chatting with somebody who came, like there's ministry that can happen when you're intentional with it. Yeah. And so yeah. like, even, yeah. even after we had Ezra, he was a... At about four months, we put him in the van with us. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, that you kid, guys are like Johnny Ezra, Swim, kind of. Ezra, <laughs> Ezra logged like over 90 rock shows while still in her, her belly. Um, oh. and, then, and then several after. But uh, yeah. I was about I mean, to say, like, I was wondering if y'all waited to start a family until after the band or like, you know, during. Yeah, the... I mean, it, it was, I mean, it's a different season of life, right? right. I mean, like we, we were playing 180, 200 dates a year. Um, all over the country and out of it. So like we're gone a lot. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, you were talking earlier about like reading to, to everything like that. Like I remember, um, we, during, during our set, cause every night, if you're playing four or five nights a week with two, three, four bands, you're listening to a lot of bands, yeah. right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Um, and we noticed, um, and we didn't know it, we didn't know we were having Ezra. We just knew yeah. we were having a baby. We waited to be surprised if we oh, were going to have a boy awesome. or girl. Oh wow! Um, but we noticed because I was singing to her belly all the time. Aww. But I remember, like, this kiddo started like moving, moving um, during our set. Wow. And I remember asking the doctor about it, and the doctor said, "Well, if you're singing to her belly every night, yeah, like the only thing different is it's a whole lot louder when oh. you're on stage singing into a microphone." I'm like, "That's the most rock and roll thing I've ever heard." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, that is so um, cool. No, so stinking cool." And yeah. Ezra is—is is he the most musical out of all three? Yeah, I guess. In, I think in, so. He, in, I saw yeah. your video of him drumming. He's the most far. He's the furthest along. Like the, the dude, the drummer. That's true. He's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, I think he's. He's found his thing. Like, and he's kind of always been drawn towards percussion or yeah. just beating yeah. on things. But like, <laughs> even at an early age, he was he was building drum sets oh, around wow. him. So that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You didn't play that. Like, did you like play your music years later? And he's like, "Where have I heard this?" He, it's funny because like. He has an appreciation for it, but it's we're not his style. So yeah. it's like, okay, I got it. What was the style of band that y'all? Um, what was your style of music? I would just say guitar-driven pop rock. 
Oh, okay, cool. Um, that would, that's what I would call it, I guess. I think I've only heard uh, one. Like, I think I saw it either on social media or... Did you ever play at Northside? Ages ago, yeah. Maybe long, it was like a video ago. of that. Could have been, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I vaguely remember it, but... Yeah, that would have been like 15 years ago, maybe somewhere around <laughs> there. Wow. Said that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying wow in like a devastated way. I'm like, wow, man. You know, I mean, sometimes every TV show comes to an end, I guess. Yeah, right? You know? no, and that's... there was just that stirring of like, okay, it's time for something new, time for something different. Yeah. 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 Because when we, yeah, when we stepped off the road, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a sense of it's time. Did y'all step and, right into ministry or? We just kind of, uh, we took a season to, to kind of make the transition. So for yeah. us, like everything we'd been doing was just ministry, but it's traveling Yeah. Mm-hmm. to move it to, to like a located setting to go from being with a different group of people every night to mm-hmm. the same people every day, oh. um, was a pretty big shift for us, mm-hmm. but a beautiful one, um, and we stepped into ministry at the um, University of Illinois, oh, serving, wow. cool. uh, doing campus ministry. So I was a campus pastor there. Oh, nice. Um, there on campus, working with college-age young adults. Mm-hmm. And I think God birthed a lot of that out of a lot of the places we were playing around the country. We were with a lot of college-age young adults. Yeah. Right. We found yeah. ourselves drawn to serving a generation um, yeah. and began serving them in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah. y'all, y'all took to college students pretty easily, but did you, I guess, y'all went from being basically messengers all over the country to becoming shepherds, hmm. essentially. Like y'all were... Yeah. And did that, did y'all take to that pretty decently or was that, were y'all having to navigate like what does running a college ministry look like here and what does it look like to day in and day out with these kids was that a was that a learning curve for y'all at all or yeah i mean i think so it's a completely different you know arena but mm. at the same time a lot of the the ways that our family was was growing we were you know we had cala at that point and mm-hmm. it was it was like it was just natural for us to yeah, plug say the into, word natural. Mm-hmm. Nice. into that setting together where i would just you know, pack, pack the kids up and head into their, you know, weekly meeting and we'd, uh, just sit around and, and, uh, worship with them and be there and they love our kids. And it was just a natural way for us to integrate as a family. As a family. Yeah. Cause I think being in a campus ministry, you know, you are, you're a discipleship arm of the local church. Um, you are a presence on campus um, and for us, we were specifically focused on University of Illinois students. Well, it's, I mean, we got 45,000 students from 130 different countries. It's the second largest international student enrollment. I didn't know that. In the country. Wow. The whole world is in that cornfield. Okay. okay? So like, <laughs> uh, it is, it's a pretty happening place. There's yeah. a lot going on on that campus. That's really interesting. And Students are coming from everywhere. They're not just, I mean, yeah, there's people from Champaign-Urbana mm-hmm. that are enrolled there, but most are from everywhere but there. 
And so that uprootedness that they're navigating, it naturally, I mean, became a space for us as a family to have them in our home, Mm. to have them in our lives where God brought them into our lives. He brought us into theirs. And and in a campus ministry setting, you're on campus. You, you're the ministry setting. They, students are in and out of the building. Right. Constantly. So like, I mean, it was pretty common that like, and you had dudes living upstairs of our ministry building. So like, it'd be pretty common. I would be in my office and somebody would roll in and just gym shorts and sit down with a bowl of cereal and just sit in my office. And he's like, <laughs> just wanting to have breakfast with Ben, you know, nice. before going to class. And it's like, this is great. So like, yeah. put some pants on, you know, like, this is great. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> Wow. That kind of reminds me of Asbury, but Asbury is way smaller, but they have a huge international community and like that uprootedness that you're talking about is such a beautiful space to like work in because there's like a humility there. That's like, this isn't my place. So they're like so much more receiving of like your hospitality or just like your words because they need that home. Yeah. And so that's really cool. Yeah. It was a beautiful time. I think in it, um, it brought people into our life that, um, are still just super big parts of our heart and mm. oh my, yeah. um, relationships that I think we'll have forever, you know? Aww. I mean, and, and getting to, I mean, for so many of them get to officiate their weddings or get yeah. to, get to baptize them. And now we're getting yeah. to watch them have kids. And like, it's just, oh, that's uh, awesome. that season, God brought remarkable people into our life that, yeah. Because of that season, we now get seasons plural yeah. with them mm-hmm. that they're in they're in our lives now. They may not geographically be right next to us. Right. Um, but it was in that season, I think, working in parachurch. And for us, even touring, our heart has always been local church. Everything that we when we were playing dates in different places, the the steps we were trying to take were to build trust with local pastors that we could connect people with. Mm -hmm. If we've made a connection with them musically and relationally, we don't want to just be like, Hey, that's great. You know, like we wanted to bridge some of those gaps. And so that same heart for local church was fostered on that campus, Mm -hmm. but it's also what birthed in us a desire to be a part of creating college age young adult ministry yeah. birthed out of the church and that's that's what brought us to southern indiana okay so this is i've never known any of this this is like so cool <laughs> yeah. for me to like find out cuz yeah it's a uh, i mean i think it's really interesting that y'all had such like a large network to work with like from people being over different corners of the world like all coming to that one area like it seems like y'all have just basically been networking like on a, on a large scale even though it was like through a band touring all over the country from just like one small place to small place or whatever. And then being at this college campus where just everybody was coming to you instead of you going to them. But one thing I've always actually wanted to know, especially with uh, uh, like college age pastors, is I've, I've met so many who have always kind of had like this open door policy. And, you know, the people are going to be because you're a shepherd, you're a leader, you're somebody who can give counsel, they're going to be hitting you up 
at all hours of the night. And that's awesome. That's a part yeah. of the thing that comes with it because you get to have that community. But I I also think on the, the other hand of it, like, is there a toll for this sort of thing? Is there, like, it, you know, especially with having a family. Like, mm-hmm. I've talked to some of the pastors at Southeast, and they tell me all the people that they, like, get lunch with on a regular basis or dinner with or whatever. And I'm like, do you, do you guys get time to <laughs> sit down with one another and say, like, hey... I remember when we hung out that one time, like four months ago, how have you been since then? Like, was, was that, has it typically been like that or what was that like navigating? Um, I mean, for us, I, just because we've approached it as a team, it has been more of our ministry versus just his ministry. And so, um, the kids and I would go to all of the things, um, all the gatherings and we would have you know, hangouts with the college students. I mm-hmm. mean, our Kala, her best friends are college students. She had more college friends than <laughs> I ever did. I mean, uh. And, and yeah. it's not it's not just a one-sided where we just give, give, give. They give to us. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're mm-hmm. part of our lives. They, like, they're, they're our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're our community. Um, and so it's not like we had to draw this line about this is our time and this is Mm. our time with you. It was just community moving Mm. together. Um, and that's not to say that there shouldn't be boundaries. I think that's appropriate. And Ben was very protective of like bedtime in particular. Like he wanted to be home for bedtime. That was, Mm. that's a, that's a priority, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be hard to protect when you're at church for different events, especially on a college age yeah. schedule. Sure. <laughs> yeah, college college age felt like ironically one of the most needy times of my mm-hmm. life. There was they talk about how between the ages of 19 to 24, like 90 percent of people during that time just set the pace for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's critical. And I remember from 19 to 24 just feeling like I had no oxygen as far as like, what, what, what is this? What am I doing? Who am I? Who am I going to be? What, what do I believe? What am I going to search for? What am I going to ground my feet in? And I remember just feeling so needy the whole time. And then I was like, I can only surmise what everybody else in my community is going through. Mm -hmm. And then to be the designated shepherds (laughs) of that community is like, I'm like, every time I saw like Justin or Ashley Weiss at Southeast, I'm like, can I get you groceries? Like, can I yeah. like, can I like mow your lawn? Like, are you guys okay? Yeah. Like, cause if I'm hitting you up, like I am and you have a congregation of 200 plus kids to work with, like bless your hearts. Like, yeah. But it's one of those things where just like she said, like we're a team and yeah. I think back to what, what our hope and heart has always been, it's, I mean, you're going to hear us even say this, like all of our, like the culture code, the value systems expressed through the ministry mm-hmm. that we've had the the blessing of getting to be a part of creating and leading those culture codes have been, they've come from our family, our marriage yeah. and family. And so mm-hmm. like, I mean, it, whether, whether out of singleness or out of marriage, as I mean, priesthood of all believers, right? Mm-hmm. We're so that whole thing of like, yeah, I was the one on staff, mm-hmm. but but for us and the way we do life, I mean, and I know you've you've heard this before, but where we go, we go together. Mm-hmm. Um, that culture code is a Team Woods culture code that that wow. like we're trying to teach our children 
what the life of the church is, mm. that you don't leave people behind, that you, yeah. you stay present in the mess. You don't run from the mess. You run to the mess because mm. that's where your presence is needed mm-hmm. because that's where God wants to usher so much of his love and his comfort and his peace into people's pain, yeah. right? And so the concept of wherever we go, we're going to do that together, whatever it looks like, even if, if it's beautiful or if it's straight ugly, mm-hmm. it's together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the life of the church. Well, if that is in our family and that ministry is coming out of our family, then it's naturally going to pour into anyone else we invite to journey with us. So I think like, yeah, you're on call 24 seven, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. Like she was saying, I think one of the big pieces for us is we spend a lot of time talking about the difference between alignment and balance. Hmm. I mean, we, how, how much of life we're told you just find balance, just find balance. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when you find balance? You, you put things on a scale yeah. and you try to get it to even out. And all we've done is we've given pieces of ourselves to a whole bunch of other things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's more about, me being in right relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. if I'm if my identity is in Him and I'm rooted and I'm anchored there, yeah. and she's doing the same thing, well, when I'm in that in that right relationship, I am best equipped mm-hmm. to pour into her and love her right. the way I'm called to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And she, for me, and when we're doing that side by side, the overflow of that relationship then pours into our children. And then that flows into anyone else that we're hoping to shepherd. It's, it's protecting our first ministry Mm. because I, if those things aren't in alignment, I don't know why anyone would listen to anything I have to say as a pastor, because anything I'm telling them would not be what I'm teaching them with my life. Mm -hmm. So sometimes not taking a call in the middle of the night, is the best way to serve them. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, but when you are inviting them into your life because you want to do life together, it's it takes all the pressure off of being on call. Yeah. It's the privilege of shepherding that you get to be the person that is walking with them through both the beautiful and the broken, ugly stuff that nobody wants to talk about mm-hmm. yeah. where you've seen them at their best and you've seen them at their worst and you've seen God present in every bit of it. Yeah. And you just, ah, oh, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. And it's a privilege. Yeah. That's gosh. So many like fireworks are going off in my brain of like, yes, I agree. And I've experienced that. And like, yes, but I've always told Drew that like my favorite form of like discipleship or ministry is when people like are so hospitable with you to the point you feel like a family member. And that's really like when you look at Jesus's life, that's really like what it is. That's what it looks like is when people walk alongside you so closely that you see all the ugly, but they're like, yeah, you're welcome anyway. And like, I love what you're saying about family. Cause I think of Genesis and how like God created family and like how that's the start. And then everything kind of explodes out of that. And yeah, I just love like the alignment that you're talking about there and, um, how like really healthy, beautiful things come from a healthy family. And then that's just 
perfect like ground to invite people into Mm. and you don't have to be doing anything but like like drew you were saying how needy you were in those like times and i feel like there are so many hungry people that just want to be invited into a family and that's what i was gonna say is like i maybe you weren't needy you were just hungry yeah Mm. and i because i think like there there is there's so many misconceptions right like i mean we there's so many misconceptions about not just discipleship, but mm-hmm. even intergenerational stuff. Like we've got to find the ways for peer to peer. Right. We have to find the pathways for us to be around people who are in the same season, mm. but we can't squander the opportunities to connect them to people who've lived a little bit longer mm-hmm. and walked a little bit further who want to walk alongside because mm-hmm. discipleship Goodness, if we can, if we can start seeing discipleship through the lens of the tools that we're putting in people's backpacks, mm-hmm. like if you think of it as we're walking alongside one another for a season, whether that's whether that's a moment or conversation or that is months or years, mm-hmm. however long you're getting to walk alongside somebody, yeah. How are you best equipping them for when you're not walking alongside yeah. them? What are you putting in their in their backpack? Yeah. And if we can maybe flip the script to see discipleship through that lens instead of a program that we build mm. and it be about things we put in people's backpacks, mm-hmm. um, right. I think we can begin to see all kinds of beautiful things unfold just because we've been given a window when you were hungry for what you needed, not just what you wanted, right? right? Yeah. And the person who had the privilege to walk with you in that has every their fingerprints are on everything that you're doing now. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's, a, yeah. that's awesome. And that's the body of Christ. Yeah. 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 Like, I geek look, out to about think that. I know. Now, I do to think too. About like who may have impacted me enough to like want to start like this podcast or something. Mm-hmm. That would be like a really cool thing to like go back and be like, hey we're not so deeply involved in each other's life right now, but like this is, this is, you gave me that I'll never forget. This is a result of us walking alongside each other. That's amazing. Amen. And amen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a good place to segue into. Don't, don't tell me brave. Brave way home. Brave way. The brave way home. The brave way home. (laughs) It's like I can do this, but I mean, not to skip over anything, but like, Since we're talking about ministry, I'm just like, this might be a good place to segue into it. So however you want to start that, that would be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is the new chapter that y'all are starting in and yeah, everybody, you know, well, and, and we, you know, this, the season we're in now maybe only makes sense if we speak to some of the season we've, we've been in, Yeah, Yeah. you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we have just launched a discipleship ministry hmm. um, that we are hopeful and expectant, um, but it's it's been birthed out of a place of grief. Mm-hmm. It's been birthed out of facing the unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it might be helpful if we just kind of walk back through some of our story, you know, yeah. as, 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 uh, as Crystal shared, like we have three remarkable children. 
Mm-hmm. We have Ezra, we have Kawa, and we have Lila. Yeah. And um, in May of 2019, while I was in Tinka, Romania, mm-hmm. serving with Forget Me Not Ministries with a whole bunch of college-age young adults, um, our sweet Kawa started having headaches. And it might be best if you want to share a little bit of that being on being on this side of of things um yeah so Kala was having headaches and we were trying to dig into what exactly they were and why they were and it's such a it's such a hard thing to pinpoint is it allergies or hormones is it stress is it um you know, a whole host of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried to figure that out, and then uh, they kept getting worse. Um, and so I took her to the doctor while Ben was in Romania, and uh, she'd said maybe, you know, it might be stress. It might be like a tension mm-hmm. headache where this is a stressful time, Dad's gone. Um, but then almost that day, she started to develop... Um, flu-like symptoms Mm. and uh was really sick where we thought okay it's just a virus but then it kept getting kept being sick Mm. um and so I was like well we've got I mean I want to take her in to at least try to make her more comfortable give her you know something that can help her feel better um and during that time they took us in for a CT scan and um the doctor had me leave the room while a nurse was in there with Kala and told me that there, they had found multiple tumors in her brain mm-hmm. and that they were going to rush us immediately to Cozair Children's Hospital. Um, and that I needed to call Benjamin and tell him to come home. Uh, so I made that call and asked him to come home and he started making all those preparations um, to leave the team there and come to us. And Kala and I went on our way to Cozair, um, where they did a whole bunch of tests mm-hmm. and MRI and they had us in a, a, a quarantine room because they, they couldn't rule out that it was something infectious. And so, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of, a lot of hard things for Kala, uh, a lot of unfamiliar things for us. And just a lot of uncertainty about what this even was mm-hmm. and what we were looking at. All of it unfolding in a matter of just days. Um, and for me, being on the other side of the planet, um, were you, were you fully informed of the situation? I yeah I. Like we knew, because it was again, it was just over the course of like two or three days right. uh, when, um, when she'd first told me because we'd try to FaceTime at night because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. eight hours ahead, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I would um, trying to grab a little window to see the kids and everything and see Crystal. Um, she told me, you know, Cal had a headache today. You know, and we're like, okay, weird. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they when they thought that it was maybe a stress headache. Like that maybe that made sense, you know, um, 
it's the longest I'm ever gone. And I'm gone for two weeks for this. And a little bit about Kala. Um, this is a trip that she mm. wanted to be on. Mm. Not necessarily with the college students. I mean, she honestly, <laughs> they were all her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the fall before in 2018... Because Kala, they, all of our children, they've grown up sharing their daddy mm. with these kiddos in Romania. Mm. Because I've been leading trips there since 2008. And they, Kala's heart for the work and ministry of Forget Me Not, I mean, it's an incredible ministry. Mm-hmm. And they do good, good work. And I'm thankful that I've got to be a part of it and lead others into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fall of 2018... Kala, in her determination to get there to see these kids, she started her own business, her own slime business, Mm -hmm. made her own slimes and put them on the Internet. (laughs) And because she was determined to raise the money necessary for Mm -hmm. daddy to take her so that there would be no roadblocks in her getting to go and be with these kids. Yeah. Um, And. I mean, we remember that that following morning when she when she woke up to like thirty some odd orders. She was like, "I should stay home from school." Like I, I don't even know to get like we got to because it was almost like this this beautiful panic mode because it was like I got some slime to make, you know, and it was incredible. Um, and and so it made sense that that like when Crystal first said, you know, they think it might be a stress headache because you're gone. And this mm-hmm. is a trip that she, this is, you're where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, I mean, it was two days later that it was, we're in the ER and suddenly these headaches are not just allergy or viral or stress. There's things in her brain that don't belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for us, we, for her, it was the middle of the night to call. For me, it was right at the end of breakfast on a Sunday morning as the team was getting ready to load up and go to church. Mm-hmm. When I got that call, I said I needed to come home. And so my steps were to talk to my key leaders to say, here's, here's what's got to happen. Yeah. And then go to tell the team that you're going to go to church. And when I when you come back, I'm not gonna be here because mm-hmm. I gotta get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I started my trek from Tinka, Romania to Budapest, Hungary, to fly to Paris, and I could write a book about spending 11 hours in the middle of the night in Paris um, to get home to get back to my family, our family. But that that sent us on a stretch where our world turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And for the next eight weeks, we saw everything. They, they uh, diagnosed Callow with a form of brain cancer, but it wasn't a kind that they had ever seen before. It was rare. It was new. It was un predictable and it was super aggressive and Mm -hmm. so it stole more and more from her 
day by day by day um, to where when we got to Cincinnati Children's Hospital, we were only there for a couple of days before she had her first seizure, mm. which rushed her into an emergency um, combination of... Two surgeries in one. Yeah, it was yeah. a biopsy of mm-hmm. tumor t- um, tissue, but it was also um, to install um, drains into um, the the portions of her brain that were just getting backed up with mm-hmm. brain fluid. And so to, t- to try to relieve the tension that she was feeling. Um, but we watched that girl, that brave, brave girl cling to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember wheeling her through the hospital and trying to prepare her for some of the things people might say about God chose you for a reason because you're so strong. Mm-hmm. And, and she just looked up at me and she said, Mommy, this is not God's fault. Mm-hmm. Because I think that girl knew what she was facing maybe more than we did. Oh, yeah. And I, I know that Jesus was close to her. Mm-hmm. And um, she went into a pretty long period where she was asleep for a long, long time mm-hmm. and uh, would only wake up for short periods of time. And they started an em- emergency um, combination of just chemotherapy, mm-hmm. trying to get ahead of it without even being without able even to a, diagnose it. a diagnosis it. Oh, because wow. they... The pathologists, the neuropathologists that were involved, um, I will never forget the neurosurgeon saying this. He said, typically, he says, which it's, there's nothing typical about pediatric brain tumors to begin with. But he said, typically, (coughs) the images, um, like the scans and the biopsy match up. And then it falls into a category. And then we know what treatment steps to respond with. Mm. And he said, Kalas are creating their own category. Mm. Um, and the pathologists who were looking at it, one of them is literally the one who wrote the textbook on pediatric brain tumors. And they'd never seen this before. So Kala in her fierceness, she is facing um, like the deck is stacked against her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but her I remember fierceness. After, after being asleep for several days, she just woke up and she was moving around. She had held a pen. She was trying to color. And then she just grabs my phone and she scrolls down to my passion app, my mm-hmm. passion, and she scrolls down and she plays this song. And it had, it took so much effort for her to even move this mm-hmm. much. But she just exhausted, leans back in her bed, and she put that phone out in her hands like this. And it plays, I'll follow you anywhere, this mm-hmm. song, which is beautiful, but so brave because it says whatever... Wherever you lead me, whatever it costs me, I'll follow you. Mm. And so she just, because she couldn't speak, she let that song speak for her. And it was such an obvious, intentional, deliberate deliberate The doctor was like wide-eyed. And we're just, 
in worship at her bedside. Um, and I remember the doctor saying how she just said, she goes, I love that she can find comfort in this. Mm. And I just thought, I don't think this was for her. I think this yeah. was for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's, I, I think Calla was having conversations with Jesus that, um, that w- was giving her a window into what was really unfolding in ways that we don't know how mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, but w- what I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a proud daddy. I can't, I mean, my goodness, I could talk about all my babies all day long. Mm-hmm. But Kala is so radiant. She's just magnetic. You just, you're drawn to her. She's the kind of kid that can walk into a room and just own it mm-hmm. <laughs> effortlessly, mm-hmm. never in a demanding way, just in a, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. And that plan includes you. Mm. And who doesn't want to hang out with that kid? Yeah. <laughs> like I watching her in a church lobby on a weekend with a dozen college students circled up around her talking with her like they're besties. <laughs> like I she just has this way. Mm-hmm. Um and watching her in a hospital bed do just be her, watching people coming from everywhere to meet this girl that they've heard about. Mm. Um, oh, just humbling to watch her so faithfully and so fiercely fix eyes on Jesus in the way that she was responding to what she was walking through mm-hmm. and the intensity of pain. Because it's hard to put to words how helpless you feel when your child is suffering. But helpless is not hopeless. Mm. Mm. And that's a piece of our story. Um, So just eight weeks after we went to the hospital, um, Cal's tumors got so big that the damage was irreversible Mm. and um and she was in our arms and we got to hold her when Jesus came to get her um Mm. and Jesus was there like that presence with the felt and I know we call it we call it a rescue because mm. it is a rescue she was suffering and mm. it was it was awful for her mm-hmm. and she's in heaven now with Jesus mm-hmm. yes. and it's a rescue mm-hmm. and we live life in between her rescue and our reunion. Mm-hmm. And this is the race marked out for us. Um, that we would lean into these moments 
as faithfully, fruitfully, as humbly as we know how and holding everything loosely. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for us, like, it is hard to articulate. I mean, you will often feel like you're speaking a foreign language to be able to articulate a pain deeper than you have words for. I just, Mm -hmm. my vocabulary is not equipped Mm -hmm. to explain what it's like to, to have your daughter rescued to heaven and home but Jesus while in your arms but we can say oh goodness God has been so faithful we have watched his people the church be the church mm-hmm. we have seen the goodness of God pour out through the people he's placed around us. I am convinced. I mean, we, he has sustained us through all the prayers, the powerful prayers of people. Or when people, people discount prayer all the time. And I'm telling you, it is the most powerful, powerful thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Because it reminds us that we must be anchored to our source and our sustainer. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again, people would say in the hospital, you guys are so strong. You're so strong. And we just, all we knew to say was any strength you see in us is not from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has, God has surrounded us with so many people that love him dearly. And they have loved us dearly. And he is... He has been loving us and comforting us and grooming us and pruning us and reminding us that he's not left us. Mm-hmm. And I think about something that um, a friend of mine, he's become a friend through this. One thing he told me was simply to be near Jesus is to be near Cala. So stay near to Jesus. Yeah. And he said, you can have all kinds of days that come and where things are just not going to make sense. And you just be near to Jesus. You hold tight to him. Mm-hmm. Because when you, are, when you are near him, you are near her. Mm-hmm. And that is ministered to me. And that is coming from a father who has lost his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um but God, God has proven over and over and over again that he's not done. He's not done with her story. Mm-hmm. He's not done with our story. He's not done with our family. He's not done. He's not done. Mm-hmm. Um, this is honestly, I mean, just to give a like my perspective on this, this is honestly, this is how I ended up meeting you and crystal. Um, Laura has known you guys a significantly longer time than, than I have. And I've, I've thought about this more often than not on the reality 
that you guys are in right now, like you just said, this is the this is now the race that you're running. And I, she asked me because she was in Ukraine to to come on her behalf to Cala's funeral to give my condolences, and I I could not keep it together because I I've thought about it over and over that you know you guys you you took on you took on nature to to fight to keep your daughter here and in this world and 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 to for for a stranger that you guys had never met to to try to just come and and give condolences it to me was like I don't know what I can say it feels like anything that I would say to try to make you guys feel better in any way would be an insult because it's like I I don't know this pain it's I don't know how deep this goes and to try to I don't know to try to surmise that is just I I wouldn't even bother but you guys since this period of time have been beacons for so many people and this this reality that you're in this race that you're running right now there are people who have gone through this and have just this literally it it never makes sense it's not supposed to happen and these people will are would just have a, a complete sense of hopelessness and to see you guys go through something that that sh- that is unnatural it shouldn't happen this is the result of a fallen world and for you guys to become this light and this beacon for people i only hope that that for myself i can learn half of this strength for for other people that I may end up walking by in my future. Because, hmm. I mean, if I had been in your position, I would have wanted, I would have demanded answers. You know, I would have wanted to know why. I would have wanted to know, like, this, you, it doesn't have to happen. You know, you don't have, it doesn't have to be like this. So, you know, let's, let's change this. Let's do something. Just make it go away, you know? And and that and, and it's just it's just so perplexing to me that that this world can fall this far and and it can it can hurt this badly. But here you guys are, and you're literally like in 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 light of what's happened. You're taking the inspiration from your daughter who who the entire time did not waver Mm. in her faith did not waver in who she was all the way until she went home and you are bringing that to other people and i it just i i don't know what navigating that looks like i don't know how you guys are navigating it i'm 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 floored to see you guys here functioning as as well as you guys are and to like as we had a conversation earlier to see smiles on your faces yeah. to hug and embrace 
it's that alone continuing to lock arms with your community and to say that there there's a kingdom to be to be brought into this world there is a person and a story to be told there's a good news to be told to people i mean this is you're you're one in a million and you're unique but you're going to you're in my mind this chink in your armor this wound that you've sustained you've handed it over to Jesus and Jesus has he, Jesus is healing this wound he is piecing the armor with himself and you're going to show people how much better you guys are and how much more your faith has grown and the abundance of your life with Jesus in lieu of this is going to be. And that that's a hope that, that I can't communicate to people because I'm not in that race. And I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Nobody does. But I can't talk to somebody who's spent their entire life in prison and say, man, I, you know, I know, you know, I don't, I don't. I, I grew up in a loving family. I, I can't say that I know what it's like for your pain at all. I absolutely cannot. But you guys, since you have been here, God bless you for you guys going to lock arms with those who have. And you're going to say, hey, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you where the hope is. I'm going to show you where the hope is in this situation. My third cousin uh, took her life a couple of years ago. And her mother and father have since walked through this life of experiencing the loss of a child and if you're not there you you just the words that you try to speak on it they they fall on deaf ears because it's like what do you, what do you know you know and but you too are literally that beacon you are and i <clears throat> I just can't say it enough. I I'm I'm honored to be able to just like simply just have this conversation with you guys and to hear your story and to just like pray and have community with you guys and just witness your strength in this. And I I'm I'm I want people to know more about this strength that you guys have. And Humbled by your words. Yeah. I'm, you know, uh, I know I told you this on the phone a while back, but I remember you saying on the phone that you were worried about having the words to say. Some things are just not words, mm-hmm. but I remember your embrace in that line. Mm. So, brother, mm. know that. Yeah. I remember hugging you in that line and oh there's such power and presence when we choose to be present and stay present Mm -hmm. I uh, all we need is found only in Jesus Mm -hmm. and I'm certain of that yeah
that there is there's a pathway there's a there's an intimacy in this pain mm-hmm. yeah because you recognize how insufficient of saviors we settle for in our everydays yeah there's an intimacy with him and there's a sense of surrendering to the suffering we don't want to just survive it right. you have to surrender to it um, and he sustains God doesn't share glory and so I can tell you the same thing any strength you see in us it is not from us mm-hmm. our job is to be conduits of the kingdom and to rest in his provision for whatever it is that we need and trust that he's good mm-hmm. and this road is weird and it's wonky and it's hard and it's confusing and we're not experts in anything if anything we're only experts in our own story mm-hmm. But we know this, we are committed to surrendering every bit of who we are, every gift, every passion, every opportunity for it to collide for the kingdom. Mm. We want nothing of our lives to not be surrendered to him for his eternal purposes. Mm. And that, that's what's given birth to the brave way home. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh We've just prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give us a vision for what on earth he's going to do with us. Mm. Um, and we, be- we began praying over a lot of the language that we've already written. We were praying for God to give us a vision and give us the language that made it make sense that we could share all of these stirrings inside of us. Mm-hmm. And there's a longing because I think walking this road, it has awakened our longing for home. This is not home. Mm. Yeah. This is not home. Mm. And beginning to lean into a deeper theology of heaven, a clearer doctrine of heaven that allows heavenly thinking to invade earthly living. Um, I think that's one of the ways that God can redeem the darkest and deepest of pains. Mm -hmm. That when we surrender all of this, he can, he can redeem it and he can heal it. And that's a progressive tense. I believe until he comes back, Mm -hmm. grief takes a whole bunch of different shapes and sizes. And there's plenty of opinions about it. And, we're not going to pretend to to know all right. of it. Yeah. We just know how God's been faithful <clears throat> in the midst of ours. Mm. And that longing in us, it is what's what God, I think, has given us a perspective that says, oh, if our hearts are, if, if he has already put eternity in our hearts, why are we so focused on being cozy here? Right. That's not to say that God does not intend to bless us in this life. That's not to say yeah. that, oh, let's microwave it and get this over with. That's not right. to say that at all. It's to say, 
Like what scripture says. Like what Peter says. Don't get cozy here. Mm-hmm. You are you are foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is not home. I mean, what we just did is started immersing ourselves in all the passages that God has used to anchor us in this season. Everything. I mean, Hebrews, everything. 10, 11, 12, 13. I mean, like Philippians 3, 1 Thessalonians 1. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 4. Like, I mean, like, just keep going down the line how much language is speaking to speaking to what is to come and where our eyes are to be fixed. Like what Paul says in Colossians 3, right? Like, set your sights on things above, yeah. on the realities of heaven. Mm. Um I don't know if you want to share on some of those passages. No, I just think, um, I think that keeping in mind a perspective of the, this world is, is temporary. Yeah. And my separation from Kala is temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that hope is, I'm following Jesus' example where it says in Hebrews, like, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You keep the promises ahead. You keep them in front of you because that's what's going to keep you pulling forward. Yeah. That's what keeps you moving because I will hold my daughter again yes. and I will be reunited with her again. Mm-hmm. And I will have all the promises of heaven and a perfect existence where no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering mm-hmm. forever with Cal. And this is a temporary separation but there is a permanent home ahead mm. of of me yeah. and that is where she is enjoying right now the presence of Jesus and that's where I'm going mm-hmm. so there was a point in this journey where I just looked at my life in ruins and I thought what do I do here mm-hmm. and you have to come to a point where you think you say to Jesus Your will be done. And the other alternative is, if you won't give me what I want, then I don't want anything from you. Mm. And to think of all the things that that would give up, to just give up here, would be unthinkable. There is hope ahead. There is joy ahead. There is reunion ahead. And we know so much about what we're walking toward. We can't mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. We have to keep going mm. because we're going somewhere. And we got to do everything we can to invite everyone else to come with. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we want to invite people to have a heart posture and a perspective it recognizes that we are anchored in eternity mm. and those promises pull us forward mm-hmm. and that then should <laughs> impact the way that we live here yeah yeah pick yeah. anything the way we <clears throat> the way we do anything mm-hmm. the relationships that we pursue the investments that we make mm-hmm. the jobs that we have the words that we use the time that we are all been given the way we the way we lean into those moments that when we see that every moment is a gift oh how many more moments have you been gifted yeah that god wants to use you in them 
and we just missing because we're in such a hurry to do something else. Yeah, like it, it changes everything. And for us, we just want to invite people to a different heart posture, a different lens, a different mm-hmm. perspective, because we want them to come with, because that joy is set before all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, this is our story. This is what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow, some way, God's not done with us. And I think he does his best work through broken people, especially the ones that can admit it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there is nothing in me competing for whatever glory may come mm-hmm. from what he's going to do. And that's where we are. That's where we want to be. And it's given birth to what we're leaning into now in all different shapes and sizes. So giving birth to a brave way home to, to go into detail about what this is, what this chapter is. Um, can you lay out for me Yeah. what a brave way home is and, and what you intend to do with it for the community, either surrounding you or, yeah. or whoever gets in touch with you? Yeah. So what we, um, what we did is we just started praying over all of the things that we've already written, all mm. these bits and pieces. I mean, when I think back to over sermons and everything, because number one, there's no sermon I've ever preached that her fingerprints aren't on. I didn't know. Like, that. I mean, there's, but I'm like, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. She just, she, when she says that will preach, I get to go fishing. So like, I like, she's, everybody needs an editor and she's mine. Yeah. And so we, we just, um, started noticing it anew all of the language that when we speak of spiritual formation and discipleship, how much of that language is journeying language. Mm. All the language that we use about when we speak about how every step we take is spiritually formative. Mm-hmm. All of it. Everything we talk about has to do with those movements of spiritual formation. And we, one of the books that had been given us um, shortly after Kala's rescue, um, it was written by a, a, a pastor um, who, who had lost his daughter um, back in the 90s. And it's kind of one of those books that you probably only read it if that's the club that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he's just talking about how the way forward is hard, but it's good. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, as just as a sign off, he says, brave, brave journey. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with us because it's like, All we've been praying for is what is the way to articulate all of the things that our team woulds and how do we give language to it. And one night when we were circled up, uh, getting ready to pray over Lila, um, (laughs) I just had a moment and we, I guess, just kind of set up. We're getting ready to pray (laughs) over her and I look at Crystal. and I just said, the brave way home. And we just kind of had a moment of, is this, 
is this what it is? Mm -hmm. Because with that came a flood of wayfaring language. Because mm. like when you think about a wayfarer, wayfarer, that's somebody who walks by foot. Okay. They're not on a paved path. They're on, they're on a trail. Mm -hmm. And I, my mind, it just starts racing with the beauty of the metaphor of when you go, when you go hiking somewhere mm -hmm. and you head off into the wilderness, the best way to know how to keep moving forward is to look for the evidence of the people who've walked there before you. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. And what a beautiful picture of discipleship. Yeah. And so for us, what we just said is, okay, there's a longing in us. There's a recognition that everything that we've walked through, it's embedded in everything. There's not going to be a sermon we preach or a song we sing or a story we tell that is not impacted or influenced by what God has taught us through what we have walked through. It's mm. embedded in everything. Mm. But there's a longing in us to preserve a pathway that protects the distinctness of our story and Kala's story mm -hmm. so that it doesn't get lost in the embeddedness. Mm. And so what the brave way home to us is, it's a movement of heart posture and perspective that says discipleship can look different than what it maybe has before. Mm. And we just started thinking of what are all the things that fall under the umbrella of Team Woods? Wow. <laughs> and how can we give language to the things that he has put in us and poured in us that we can then pour out? Mm -hmm. And so the heartbeat here is very much to equip. We want to call and equip. We want to lead people to deeper places. And we want to be faithful to the road we've walked to radio back to people who haven't walked where we are. Mm -hmm. that, that what we would do is faithfully share with them what God has taught us mm. that will better equip them for wherever they're walking. Mm -hmm. And so the practical expressions... For some people, um, they will maybe interpret us as a grief ministry. Mm. And that may be what they need. Yeah. But for some, they're going to interpret us as a marriage ministry. Yeah. Or a family ministry. Yeah. Um, or a preaching and teaching ministry. Or leadership. Like there, there's a whole bunch of things. But what we decided was... This is a discipleship ministry that is going to express itself in all kinds of practical ways. Mm -hmm. We are going to, we are going to, because when you think in terms of discipleship in the way that grief unfolds in somebody's life, well, yeah. it falls under that umbrella in the same way yeah. that we care deeply about the marriage that's been entrusted to our care. Mm -hmm. And you... You don't have to walk through trauma to be a marriage on mission. Mm -hmm. But you have to be a marriage on mission if you're going to walk through trauma. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for whatever it's worth, the story that we've been given, we can speak to people in grief and we can speak to people who want a marriage that is anchored and healthy and holy 
and on mission, then we can speak to people who want new ways to disciple their kiddos by the culture that they create, by giving them language Mm -hmm. in how to learn the ways of Jesus and know that they're loved by Jesus and then be people who pour out that love. So for some, yeah, it's going to express itself in all kinds of different ways. And so it's like... uh, the the website our website is probably the best way to start connecting those dots because it also I was gives, about to ask where yeah, can it gives people, people find you yeah, yeah. thebravewayhome.com perfect pretty straightforward um, self-explanatory one of the first things we did as soon as we had that moment we prayed we prayed over Lila and then I went and ran to the bathroom cried prayed again <laughs> um, and and then as soon as Crystal came out from getting to sing over Lila um, one last time because. Uh, mommy's her favorite and uh, <laughs> mommy's all of our favorites so yeah. it's, I don't blame her um, like she's my favorite too um, first thing I did was like we need to grab those domains um, like we need, just just in case we need you know so yeah. thebravewayhome.com is every time is, Laura has is, an idea I buy the domain <laughs> seriously yeah. yeah so that's we we wanted that to be kind of the anchor the landing spot um, that allows us to not only share, like, I mean, um, the vision video that we just released a couple weeks ago, but it, it, it gives like the practical expressions of the way that we hope to leverage every bit of who we are for God's eternal purposes. We just, we want to partner with him. We don't want to impede the Holy Spirit in in using us. So, yeah. Well, I, obviously I'm, I'm, can't wait to see what you guys do with this you know like i mean you guys have been equipped from a young age and called from a young age and you're stepping into this new chapter and you're you've blessed so many people already obviously like you know talking about your band traveling across america and just touching one random person in a random part of the world at a time to you know getting into a central hub where people from all over the world got to talk to you. And now you're stepping into this new chapter, um, newly equipped and with a new mission. And it just seems like from beginning to end of where I've heard and learned about your story till right now, you've just always been on mission, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's a full and abundant life you know, with all the ups and downs included. But I mean, where we go, we go together. I think that's, that's the thing is for us, if we're going to, we want to, we want to equip the local church. Yeah. And it's, it's going to, sometimes it's going to look like sitting with somebody in our tree house. Yeah. Mm. That's what we do. I love that. Uh, Like, we hang out in the treehouse. Yeah. It's awesome. sacred space to us. Yes. It can also, as we've learned in this recent stretch, sometimes it looks like leading worship somewhere or preaching mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Sometimes it's looked like sharing our story in an online grief gathering. Oh, wow. And it's even looked like a marriage workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never imagined doing a marriage workshop. But it's blessed us to get to do that because... You can't get that many. Normally, it was just with couples in our treehouse, but you can't get that many people in our treehouse. <laughs> so, like, 
moving forward, we know it's it's going to take different shapes and sizes, but we hope to we hope to be able to tag in yeah. in a bunch of different places if it even if it just helps them begin to see what they're doing from a different light because right now mm-hmm. in the context of covid mm-hmm. right even as we're we don't know if we're on our way out of it i, I wait, maybe Who like knows? it's hard Who to knows, know honestly but <laughs> but if you think about it we everyone is navigating grief in some capacity mm-hmm. but we've always been conditioned you need to wrap it up mm. you have your moment you need to be done with it by a certain amount of time and move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we can be sensitive enough to tune in to the collective grieving of everyone's normal, mm. maybe we can tune into the collective groaning for something new. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Holy Spirit wants to do something in that. Yeah. That's maybe awesome. there's a lot of freedom on the other side of some of the things that we have we've maybe lost in this season and I'm, I'm not equating or diminishing anyone's loss. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to be the person that says, I know how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just, I won't be that person, Mm -hmm. but I know this. There's been a lot of things in the life of the church that we thought were really important. That maybe the Holy Spirit didn't need in the first place to change lives. Mm. Yeah. And whatever's next, I think it's going to have something to do with tuning into the groaning for something new. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to be a witness of that, honestly. I'm excited for y'all. Um we're we're coming up on an hour and 30 minutes and yeah. uh <laughs> i love conversations like yeah. this i really do I, I love i love the hour and 30 minute ones you know but uh i you know I, do you do you have anything that you that you're wanting to say or well i mean i wish we could sit here and talk for like 5 hours so maybe we can just like Cut the microphones and then we can continue yeah. <laughs> this conversation. After. Yeah, we can do it another yeah. time too, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I guess I would say just like how excited I am for you both because I know you already have multitudes of people lining up excited for this. And we are one of them because yes. when... When I found out that you guys were starting this, I sent like the, I immediately sent it to Drew and it's like, oh my gosh, like we have to like get involved with this. I subscribed immediately to the email list. I was so excited because honestly, we are still a very hungry couple, which is a good thing. Yeah. But like, I just know you very well and I'm getting to know you really well, Crystal. And I know it's like people can't see who I'm pointing to. So it's like I forget. But um, I have always just really felt most importantly loved by both of you. Mm. And you're just very like warm, hospitable people that truly embody friendship to all people. And so you're very easy to like cling to and like want to follow. Mm. And so um, I'm just really excited to see what happens with this. And I know the Lord is going to like, he's going to move mountains with it. So 
that's i mean that's really all i'll say <laughs> yeah is there is there anything else just for for the audience listening that you would want them to know about you two or anything before before we go or we'd love to hear from you yeah yeah i mean we um going to the website and choosing to engage yeah and yeah. stepping into this story with us um we want to walk with people mm-hmm. and it can look a lot of different ways and so i think for us that's we're just we're putting ourselves out there yeah. um and and i think there's a the a hopefulness there's an expectancy and there's more to come yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and we we have a ton of ministry ideas. We're just holding them all loosely. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think one of the one I'll say this one of the beautiful things that we that that this mode allows is Kala's ministry. Mm. It yeah. still allows Kala's ministry to be what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. at this point, uh, her slime shop. Uh, goodness, when we make her slime, we're following her recipes. We just yeah. put them on a wall and a whole bunch of people that love her and are loved by her, that know her mm-hmm. and are known by her, mm-hmm. circle up with tables, tables with their bowls, and they make a whole bunch <laughs> of slime. And I'm just dumbfounded how all these people are following her lead Yeah, because they're following her recipes. Yeah. And this stuff is in over 40 states now. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her faithfully living out one of our family culture codes to look out for the left out, mm-hmm. yeah. both near and far, it's, it's making its way into schools. It's making its way into classrooms. It's making its way into all kinds of different settings. Yeah. I, I mean... It's beautiful. And and this allows her ministry um, to continue alongside and underneath that same umbrella. And so yeah. lovelikekala.com is another website that you can visit. But if you go to the braveway.home.com, you can you can tag go to hers. <laughs> they're linked. Hers, they're, they're linked <laughs> together. So yes. um, it just, it allows for all of that to unfold. But mm-hmm. yeah, we want to hear from people. We want the chance to connect. And if there's ways that we can serve people, yeah. if people hear this and they're like, Hey, our church, there may be something to, to connect with. We yeah. just, we want to hear from you. And if there's ways that we can serve, we want to be a part of that. Fantastic. Awesome. Ben, Crystal, bless you both. Thank you so much honestly for for sharing um to to tell it again and to to explain it it i know it's difficult but i'm i'm blessed to to know you guys and to to hear your story and to to see where your hearts are and i know that other people that will listen to this will feel the same way um, I'll say this to the audience listening. Uh, definitely reach out, like Ben said. Uh, go to their website, get connected with them, um, support them, and uh, just pray for this amazing couple as they move forward to bless other people. Um, I think that'll be a wrap. Thank you all for listening. 
Ben, Crystal, again, love you both. Thank you. Love you too. Thank you.